0: but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
1: Hello, this is Chris with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Bob Rutherford with Hedge.Fund, and that's hed Fund. Hi, Bob. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. Thanks for asking. So, Bob, tell us about your background and how you got involved with Hedge.Fund.
2: Yeah. So, uh, sort of a series of coincidences and accidents sort of led me to my own entrepreneurial journey. Uh, started my career in the legal field, but from there, uh, after grad school, I uh, started working in the Innovation and Partnerships team at Visa and then on to a similar role in licensing and partnerships. So that really my was sort of my uh, introduction into traditional finance and payments. Uh, loved the space, was always involved in technology at these large financial players. Uh, sort of caught the entrepreneurial bug having lived in New York and San Francisco and, and talking to all these people doing really interesting things. And so I took a role with Douala, the payments company, as a director of partnerships there. That's uh, sort of got me back to the bay and got me talking to a lot of venture capitalists who are investors in our firm. And eventually I ended up as a partner at another venture firm called Carneros Bay Capital. You know, this is was there for about two years. And this is uh, like the 2015 to 2017 timeframe. And crypto was really coming into its own. You know, I dabbled in blockchain space at all my other stops along the way. And so I was really familiar with the space, but, you know, 2016. Became more of an active trader. I had a lot of friends who were working on projects in the space. Um, We did a few side projects together just out of curiosity. And, uh, you know, finally, you know, we think we hit on something really interesting at Hedge uh, with a sort of huge addressable market and great upside and something that's absolutely needed uh, by the financial industry and by the crypto market at large.
1: What is it that Hedge Fund provides for that need?
2: Yeah, the easiest way to think about this is, um, you know, custody is a legal definition that banks are in the business of holding on to dollars or holding on to securities or equities or bonds for you. That's their primary function, right? And so in the crypto space, you don't go to a dealer in order to buy Bitcoin. You go to a third party, a third party that has its own problems. In the long term, financial institutions, I believe, will still continue to play an integral role here. And our software allows them to hold on to blockchain-based assets for their uh, customers. And on top of that, we provide automatic clearing and execution uh, in, in addition to the custody aspect, which is provided by the bank.
1: So very good. What um, you, you said you've had a lot of blockchain experience along the way. Tell us about the developments you've seen and maybe uh, some of the concerns that you have um, for for current um, the current area of blockchain.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um what we're seeing right now is really the maturation of the blockchain space um you know we're really coming into our own when it comes to, we're really coming into our own when it comes to um institutional investment and the more regulation we see coming into the space the more we realize that these need to be treated like traditional securities and uh you know the participants in the space aren't quite there yet but they will be and with through the use of hedge um, that's just one more tool in the toolbox to allow that to happen
1: very good. how does that how do you make that happen for those that are in the space with hedge?
2: Yeah, so sort of goes back to the the foundation of what we're looking at here. Um, an institutional investor, let's say it's a hedge fund. there are very strict definitions for how they how they handle you know asset how an r i a or registered investment advisor handles assets on behalf of their customer, and what we've seen in the space to date is all you know, almost 100% retail investment, so individuals investing their own money. If blockchain-based assets are really going to take the next step, it's through these traditional financial service providers, you know, investment funds, investment advisors, broker-dealers. And so right now, there, there aren't any space that meets their needs. And what Hedge is doing is providing a software platform for these traditional financial services companies to finally be able to participate in this market
1: in a regulated,
2: and compliant way.
1: Very good. And where are you in the development of your platform? So it's
2: pretty exciting. As a matter of fact, just recently, we've uh, launched three internal pilots at U.S.-based financial institutions that are holding blockchain-based assets on behalf of their customers. So we're, you know, we have a number of engineers who are co-founders as well, and they've really worked very hard to get that platform up and running. We're very excited about the traction we've seen.
1: Very good. And where where on the roadmap are you? So right
2: now... Um, all of our services, as far as custody and execution and clearing, are up and running. Um, that's sort of what we think of as the foundation or the baseline of what our product offering is and can be. And so that really allows us to build on, layer on, a lot of additional features and functionality. So when we start thinking about what does the future of this space look like and what does the future of our company look like, um, we start to consider other things that might fall in the traditional prime brokerage, you know, a lending desk, margin uh something that's very unique to uh to our space that we have a lot of experience in is staking notes. So let's say you own a staking coin, you own 10,000 ZRX or you're a a pension fund that owns a million ZRX, but you're not going to run your own staking notes, but at the same time a lot of the value of owning that currency is wrapped up in those uh sort of annuity payments, if you will. And so as part of our platform, we can additionally not only help you secure and execute transactions in that asset class, but also say stake those nodes and collect the, uh, collect the monthly payment for you to deploy that capital. So there are a lot of value added sort of built on, onto this platform in our product roadmap.
1: And what do you, what do you see for the rest of 2018 in that roadmap?
2: Yeah. So I think 2018 is going to be uh, we'll we'll sort of look back on this and realize that it was a real inflection point. Um, You know, generally speaking, what we see in the market for 2018 is uh, most estimates from qualified sources have the institutional capital that's already been raised and allocated crypto investments somewhere north of $100 billion. And most of that, uh, most of that capital has yet to be deployed. So we should continue to see, uh, you know, positive momentum in the long term in the market from that perspective. And so what that really means for hedge is, you know, in the short term, our ability to onboard customers quickly uh securely and compliantly uh beat their obligations as far as custody go should allow us to get a, a great leg up uh, alternative options and really start to bring in some of that hundred billion dollars of capital that's on the sidelines but allocated into the market and then uh through the rest of 2018 you know talking uh q3 q4 here begin to add some of those value added sort of staking will probably be one of the first uh Additional pieces of functionality we add to our platform.
1: Very good. So tell me about the the onboarding process And what what kind of customers are going to seek you out?
2: Yeah, so our our typical customer would look like uh, an independent broker dealer or State chartered trust a bank a nationally chartered or state chartered bank And the reason that those are our typical customers is those are what are known in the industry as qualified custodians It's a very specific legal definition, but it's very important to the securities industry so you know, anyone who, quali- who acts on behalf of another to hold their funds needs to be a qualified custodian in many regards. And so any of those uh, sort of typical users will be on our platform. When it comes to onboarding, that's sort of one of the beauties here is that all of the security and the, the best practices operation builds right into the software. And so there are really two options for deployment. Uh, we are mainly an API-based service, and that comes with uh, and additionally, there's local piece of software that handles a lot of the blockchain communication that's installed on the consumer side or uh, web-based application or signing and, uh, and initiating transactions. Uh, everything else can be automated, but it's sort of a sliding scale, right? The more secure, the more operationally um, redundant that you want things, sort of the less automated they generally have to be. But we're very flexible and you know being able to support say the Individual, maybe self-directed IRA account, all the way up to you know an algorithmically traded hedge fund strategy.
1: It's very interesting. So I'm interested in the algorithmic part. What developments or what what opportunities are you having there currently? Can you talk maybe a little bit more about those algorithms? Yeah,
2: I, I don't. I can't speak to the algorithms myself. I'm not actually smart enough to to uh, <laughs> claim to trade in these assets and be more successful than the average investor. Uh, what I can say is that you know some of the some of the funds that are deploying proprietary trading strategies and how we can help support them currently is, you know, let's, if you're making a dozen trades a minute, it would be very hard for you to store store those assets in, uh, you know, a hardware security module and cold storage. Um, we can provide a lot of that same service. You know, perhaps the hardware security module, uh, you know, may not need to be stored cold if we're using... A, Web-based hardware security module service, like uh, Amazon provides, for instance. The signing of transactions on the on the blockchain can be automated via your platform at the press of a button. You know, operational perspective. The operational efficiencies that can be gained by somebody such as an algorithmic-based uh, or a hedge fund who's using an algorithmic-based trading strategy uh, are, you know, only limited really by the imagination of the strategy of the of the fund manager.
1: Okay. In in your sector, what do you think is kind of the near-term future? What developments do you think are realistic? And what do you think are the ones that are so ambitious that they're probably not going to happen?
2: You know, the, I think a lot of the value of of some of these blockchain projects that are uh, very forward-looking and very specific sort of quote-unquote killer applications that Will need to be successful in the long term in order to see the space thrive are still probably a few years away. If I were to make the analogy, where we are today is, uh, you know, it's probably more the mid 90s in the in the dot com era than it is 2000, and we're ready for it. the bubble to burst. And I say that because we're still arguing over the fat protocols. And what I mean by that is we're still trying to decide which platforms or which technology are the appropriate ones for which use cases. So are we going to use HTML or HTTP or HTTPS versus are we going to use the, you know, Ethereum protocol? Are we going to use Neo or, you know, where are we going to build our applications on top of which technology, you know, which of these fat protocols are going to be successful under which use cases versus being at the point where uh, the infrastructure in the network is robust enough to handle, you know, Uber on the blockchain or, you know healthcare records on on the public blockchain, all that being said, my personal opinion is that public and open blockchains will be successful in the long term over you know sort of closed gardens you know the power the efficiency the trustless environment that an open blockchain creates diminished greatly if you you know if you make that a sort of limited access blockchain if if all of the banks are to Sort of close ranks and say we're only going to use a blockchain, but only a bank can access it. A lot of the value there is diminished, I believe. And ultimately, let's not—I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Engineers and programmers are the ones who decide which protocols you know, are successful in the long term, the things that they want to work on, the, the software languages that they want to program in. Those are what is adapted by, you know, all industries, the financial services industry included. Not the other way around. You know, the financial services industry doesn't say uh, we really like Go as a programming language. Everyone should adopt that. But rather, you know, the engineers speak via the projects that they work on and the, the open source tools that they contribute to the community. And, you know, the the corporate world sort of follows suit.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I like what you said earlier about kind of the analogy of a fork in the road. Which way are we going to go? And it it seems like we can almost... See those two pathways, but we're not quite up to the point to deciding which one we're going to pursue or not. Um, th- the closest analogy I can think of is, uh, you know, with media, you know, we go from Blu-ray to, uh, I think it was high definition, um, high definition CDs. I don't, I don't quite remember. Or, you know, VHS yeah. versus Betamax, you know, that that sort of thing. So I wonder what that uh, that tipping point will be um, for, or if it will even happen for people to go one way or the other, or if it will be just so diverse that we don't necessarily pick one path like we have in the past. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, uh, I definitely see the analogy, right? The HD DVD versus Blu-ray battle occurred over the course of four or five years, if I had to guess, I don't know. The VHS versus Betamax, same timeline. Even if we're dealing in in an ecosystem that's moving at warp speed, maybe that timeline's cut in half and we won't know which of these protocols went out or whether the open source protocols versus the, you know, sort of proprietary internal use cases went out, but it ought to probably take two or two and a half years, certainly. Um, and I, you know, I don't know where we are on that timeline yet, but I I would imagine that we're talking 2020 before we really have some sort of insight into which of these protocols is, is going to go by the wayside and which is going to ultimately rule them, rule them all, or at least in certain niches.
1: Of course. So where do you see hedge in in following along that path that we were just talking about?
2: Yeah, I mean we are um, we're agnostic as to the
1: the currency
2: or protocol that you want to call it, whichever, whichever wins, right? I'm I'm not here to give investment advice. I'm here to give you a platform for for your clients to pick and choose. So if if you're J.P. Morgan and you tell me you want Bitcoin, Ripple, Ethereum, Neo, and EOS. That's fine. I mean my my software service is here to provide you the application layer for you to participate in all of those markets and you know sort of who who am I to uh to tell JP Morgan what they should recommend to their clients or, or not.
1: Of course, and that goes along with that uh, public open strategy that you mentioned earlier. So that's I I think long-term that's um very beneficial to success. Right. Right. So, uh with with the technology that's out there today, what do you see as a game changer, like the next thing, either personally or or through business.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a few trends recently that I'm, I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of the concept of proof of stake versus uh, proof of work long term, just from a scalability perspective and a, a you know a cost of computing power and resources and the actual need for for proof of work for many scenarios. Um, I, I'm also pretty pretty bullish on privacy coins. Now I know that the natural reaction to privacy coins is, you know, what do you need a privacy coin for, unless you're a drug dealer? But you know, just think about all the applications that we use to, that we use today to sort of shield our personal information or or uh, you know keep our personal payment details um, from being circulated. You know, whether you use Apple Pay or uh, you know a different wallet, Visa Wallet, Amazon Checkout, um, Google. Pay, Android Pay, all of these things are at some some layer sitting in between our personal financial information and a merchant or a vendor. So when I use Apple Pay, they Apple Pay doesn't give my actual credit card number to the merchant. They give a random tokenized number that they then map on their back end in order to route the payment to Visa. Um, and so in in many ways, that's that's a lot what, what we're talking about with uh, with privacy coins. So whether that be a future version of uh, Bitcoin private or we're talking about Zcash or any of the other out there that, that sort of enable um, zero knowledge proofs of proofs of, uh, stake or work. I'm a big fan of all of those opportunities. Um, yeah, those are just some of the things that excite me now. Uh, I'm sure that that'll change in three months, right? Just, just give the crypto space a few months and the, all of the things that are new today will be uh, old tomorrow. We'll be talking about something else.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, and I, I like the mention of the the privacy coins because we we think back to the um uh, fallibility of you know lar- large uh, networks. You know, the the Target example or Home Depot, where you know security um or data was breached uh, in one particular spot. And so the idea of protecting the consumer even more, um, regardless of what you know what they're purchasing, I, I think that's a really important. Mindset to have. To
2: take it uh, sort of one step further from just personal privacy, when we think about security. You know, the common misconception is that Bitcoin is anonymous, but in many ways it's the opposite of anonymous. All transactions, all all wallet balances are all available via public uh, you know public scrutiny of the blockchain. And so, if you are Coinbase and you have a hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin in a wallet address. You know you, you create a large target for yourself because everyone knows where that hundred million dollars is is located. It'd be like all of us publishing our our checking account numbers in balance and then uh you know wondering why a hacker targeted our account instead of uh you know my twelve year old little brother who who has five dollars in the bank. so privacy coins you know play a, an important addition, additional role in security as
1: well yeah that's a that's a great way to to explain it um so Bob. What's the best way that people can get in touch with you and find out more about your company?
2: Yeah, so you know, on top of sort of being on the uh, the travel conference circuit over the course of the next few months, and if you
1: see me or
2: see that I'm speaking anywhere, there please stop me. I'd love to chat about this stuff. It's uh, as much of a passion project as it is, you know, a financial endeavor. Uh, but you can also get in touch with me by uh, reaching out via email, Bob B O B at Hedge E G dot Fund.
1: Uh, or by going to our website hedg.fund and uh, filling out the contact us. Information. Very good, Bob. Any final thoughts before we wrap up today? Uh, you know, I think we'll we'll continue to sort of see
2: the maturation of this space, and it's really a very exciting time. I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're we're standing at the precipice of a new technology that will have as much impact over the course of our
1: lives for the next 10 or 15 years as uh, the internet has had over our lives for the last 20. It's very exciting. Very good. Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Definitely. Bob Rutherford with Hedge.fund. That's H-E-D-G.fund. Thank you, everybody, for
0: listening in to the Future Tech Podcast. We will see you next time. but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here.